This is Radio Free Brooklyn. And this is Young Persons Radio! I don't usually wake up this early. Okay. Caller, what is so important? <laughs> I guess it's a show where you talk to people who are hit by lightning. Hey, Colby. It's Tim Keck. What's up, bitch? This is Mary Coolahan. Colby, Colby, it's Jason Trackerberry with a very quick phone call. It's me, Jean Craighead George. It's Monica. Yay. Yay. Can I tell you a pigeon story? He's raising baby pigeons in a pasta colander. Pigeon, is that you? There's enough evidence on here to lock her away for a long time. Oh, I guess this is a maniac show for birds. Stupid, it's childish, and I would never do that to you. Louis Simon. What kind of art were you doing at the karate school? The art of the empty hands. I take care of feral cats. There's a meatball. It's in the house. Caller, it lift me out of this slump. Caller! I'm not a fan of the show. I've never heard of it before. Are you back to number one yet? I'm feeling real cool. Get me named a living landmark for New York. I gotta shoot on Rob Shapiro real quick. He's a hat. His fans are morons. I'm a big fan of your radio show, but off the air, you're, you're kind of a terrible person. You just sound like a bunch of dorks. I yeah, truly can't two. tell if everyone's making fun of us. Is this what this feels this like is, every week? Yeah. Come in. Oh my god. Oh my gosh, it's Colby. You have a nasty habit of surviving. You know what they say about the fittest? Welcome back to another edition of Young Persons Radio right here on Radio Free Brooklyn. I am your host, Colby Smith. We are coming to you live on Radio Free Brooklyn, the second in the killer lineup of talk shows we have this and every Sunday on Radio Free Brooklyn. We were preceded by Fifth and Long, the sports talk show that is sweeping the Radio Free Brooklyn community. And we will be followed at 11 by... Two Thumbs Undecided, the movie review show. And then at noon, the Brooklyn Conversation with Rosie. And then at 1 p.m., Objection to the Rule, Radio Free Brooklyn's answer to the Sunday morning political talk show circuit. We have every possible base covered this and every Sunday on Radio Free Brooklyn. And I also want to remind everybody of a couple of big things happening in the Radio Free Brooklyn community. The first, of course, is that the station will be turning four years old this Friday. With a party at the Tradesman Bar off the Montrose L-Stop at 222 Bushwick Avenue. That's Friday, June 14th from 6 to 10 p.m. Outdoors in the big backyard at Tradesman. It's free, but we're a nonprofit, so we would love a donation. If you've spent any time at all with us in the past four years, please come by. We really want to meet you. Our hosts, that's me, volunteers, listeners, and listeners-to-be will all be there in the flesh. There's nothing better than a backyard party hosted 
<laughs> by hosts. And no worries if it rains. We have an indoor option. All this info and more at our website. That's www.radiofreebrooklyn.org. See you guys on Friday. And we want to welcome everybody who's listening to the show live, whether that's through radiofreebrooklyn.org on our website or, oh, we, we already have a caller? This is uh, unprecedented. Uh, I haven't even introduced the guest yet. Who is this? Hello? Caller? I This is... Okay. <laughs> Caller. Hello. Caller. Caller. Hello. Hello? Hi, yes, you're on the radio. Hello? Oh, this is insane. Listen. Can you, if you can hear me, say... Hey. Oh, Jesus Hello? Hello? Oh my God. This surely is a joke. Well, I want to welcome everybody who's on the Radio Free Brooklyn app, which is available anywhere you get your apps. Uh, that's the uh, the iTunes Store, the App Store on Apple, the Google Play Store. If you're on an Android user, uh, by all means, please download our app. It's the best way to take Radio Free Brooklyn on the go. Caller, <laughs> I can't tell if he's going to the bathroom or doing dishes. Oh my God, this is this has never happened before. Okay, I'm gonna I'm done with this. Done with this now. Uh, one more thing, everybody. Uh, Sleeping Giant, <laughs> my solo show. <laughs> this is an insane plug to do right after that. Is this Saturday, June fifteenth at Friends and Lovers? Uh, we got Sam Taggart opening, Juliet Prather, Tim Keck, uh, lots of fun surprises and special guests. So come on out to that. That's this Saturday, June fifteenth at eight p.m. at Friends and Lovers. It's me, Colby uh, Smith, doing an hour of comedy for you now. My guest today is a comedian and actor who can be seen improvising every Saturday night at the Upright Citizens Brigade Theater with the team GOAT. He was named Comedy's Next Almost Star by Esquire magazine and has appeared on 30 Rock, Broad City, Difficult People, and many more. But he is here today primarily in his capacity as the host of The Boss Cast, a podcast about Bruce Springsteen that he hosts every week for the Brain Machine Podcast Network. Please welcome John Murray. Thank you, Coley. How are you? I'm excited you're here. I'm excited to be here, too. Already, <laughs> it's been a ride, man. <laughs> I can't believe it. I love that you had to, you plugged everything over the background noise <sighs> of a man flushing a toilet. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, check out the app. It was like, flush. <laughs> washing oh. his hands. Oh, it was like great Foley work. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. It was just, uh, it was almost radio art. It was like a, like a, like a sound montage. Yes. These two disparate things went together, but yet it kind of worked. Yeah. That number, by the way, is 718-928-9732. If you want to call in that's 718-928-9732. I hadn't even given the number. I know. When this person called. Well, I love that this person was like, you know what? I'm going to call into that show. And I'm going to call him when he does the intro. Like, that was premeditated. Where yes. he's like, I, I, like I'm gonna, guys, like last night he was saying to friends, 
I'm gonna I'm gonna pee and call in. Everyone's like, don't do it. And he's like, I got this. You think I won't do it? I got this. <laughs> and yet you made it work. It flowed perfectly in the show. Uh, for yeah. me, as far as I know, that's your intro every week. That's <laughs> yeah, how you always, start this show. We always have a guy just just letting us hear his you, morning. Exactly. You always have that guy, and you're just like, oh, that's him. Him <laughs> cooking eggs. It just says him hello, and you have to guess. It's like. And you're like, bacon and eggs. <laughs> and he's like, good. Then hangs up. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, is he back? Hello, caller? Okay. What's caller. He, what's he doing now? Oh, my God. This is... All right. This is clearly someone who understands game. The art... Exactly. Or the art of radio. <laughs> all right. I'm guessing, if this is me, I'm guessing right now he's pretending he's sleeping. Yeah. Like he's in bed, he's got the phone there, and he's and he's like, This is the sound of sleep. Yeah. Is this someone who hates me? <laughs> Obviously no, it's someone who loves the show. <laughs> someone who loves the show. Someone who but tries to call and just keeps getting cold feet. Yeah. Oh now they're gone. That was the hang up noise. All right, well, that I recognize. He did, well, you know what happens is he felt awkward that we said. Loves, love. Yeah. That's where things yeah. got a little too close. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Right. He, you need, you need to face yourself. Also, let's oh, talk right. about the name of the show. Okay, young persons. Yes, radio. Yes. What happens when you get old? You know, uh, has that been asked before? It has. Okay. It and has. what's what's the contingency plan? The contingency plan is, um, I uh, have euthanasia. Uh, <laughs> Okay, cool. All right, so I got uncomfortable. Yeah. I'll yeah. answer for you. Okay. <laughs> yeah, you that's, read my mind. Okay, cool, cool, cool. I'll sign the release for you. It's okay. <laughs> okay, yeah, that is. That's the contingency okay. plan. You come talk to me. <laughs> well, you know, the show, the beginning of the show was, uh, the hook was like, this is the only show where you are cooler than the host. Oh, okay. Was the, like, no, but the, you've the gotten cool line. now. But I've gotten cool. You've gotten cool. Uh, you can I've sense grown, it. I've grown beyond this. You I have, I'm wearing show. black jeans. Yeah, <laughs> you got the show at like Lovers and Friends, you know. Yeah, exactly. Doing a block of comedy. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, so the name unfortunately has to stay. It, it has to stay, even though you're like, you get on. About He's judging the irony. me right now, folks. <laughs> I got on here. He's just like looking down at me the entire time. I will say, I, uh, it's just like a joke name, but like any people will just be like, well, I'm already too old for this show. Like I'm 33. Well, that's just everyone's insecurities rising <laughs> yeah. to the top, right? That's like the first thing it's like, well, I can't, what are you doing booking me? Ha 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 yeah, ha. That's because everyone's <laughs> confidence is just a sandcastle. Yes, it's true. So yeah. Okay. Uh, I'm glad that you can, it's a, your show is also like a sociological project at yeah, this point. Yeah, for sure. Got Seeing crazy, who brings it up. We got this guy calling in with radio montage noises. <laughs> you're showing everyone's insecurities. Man, your psychological experiment is blowing minds. One time we had a, a, a call. I mean, I'll just say who it is. It was Tim Keck. He calls every week. Okay. Uh, he uh, once got breakfast delivered while he was calling in, and we just got to hear every like it was crazy how clearly like the door opened, the like brush of the uh, the like bottom of the yeah. door on the floor. It was like a radio play. It yeah. was insane. <laughs> I, I've gotten experienced some of it already. All right, I heard a man go to the bathroom. I understand how it works. <laughs> now, John. Yeah, we uh, we do a, a bit on this show mm. um, where. We have a questionnaire that we ask uh, uh, most guests, and okay. the final question is always, uh, "What's the dumbest thing that's uh, made ever made you cry?" Oh, the dumbest thing that's ever made you cry. Yeah. Okay. So my stock answer uh, to this, you know, kind of put uh, people at ease, is the following uh, clip uh, from the song "Born in the USA." Oh, okay. Okay, and it goes a little something like this. 
this song came up uh, on a shuffle when I was walking in Williamsburg <laughs> with my headphones two summers ago. Yeah. And I just lost it <laughs> at that part. I was just just full on sobbing in the street on a beautiful summer That's day. Great. <laughs> and I think you are one of the only people I know who can understand this. I've, I have I have choked up to that song many times. Yeah. Numerous listings. But he's just going so hard on it. So hard. I mean, you also compliments to you because like <laughs> I couldn't understand VA man for like oh, the sure. longest time. Yeah, yeah, up. yeah. I was like, what is he saying? Yeah. And then I finally pulled that in. Oh, somebody's calling. Is this a caller for real? No, it's our guy. What is he pretending to do now? I think now he's pretending. I uh, just want to say, before this goes any farther, the fact that you would call in and do this bit again (laughs) while we were starting to get into the meat of the episode. Guy understands the rule of threes. You can't give (laughs) him, you don't, I mean, this guy, he's a student of comedy. So right now, I think he's just pretending that that he's he's in in the room when it's dark and he's, and he like wants you not to notice him. (laughs) This is where he's at now, whereas like this is what it would be like if he was in the room with you oh. and it was dark and he just wouldn't say anything. Okay? So everyone's uh-huh. everyone's soaking that feeling right now. Yeah. And yeah, there you go. Bring it up in the mix. Oh yeah. It's just that's like static. that's him. You, like right now you're just in bed and like he's somewhere in the room. He's looking at me. And he's just looking at you. Exactly. Not blinking. Not blinking. He's like, just now he's there. gone. Now he's gone. There he's good. He's good. Man. This guy watches SCTV with a notebook. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. God damn. Guys. Anyway. Main stage Second City. <laughs> anyway. VA man. VA man. Yeah, it took me forever to figure that lyric out. But yeah. yeah, once I, I, I mean, once I was like, yeah, it's, it's so moving. Oh, it's crushing. Yeah, it's so crushing. Just the, the he's betrayed by, by these. By everything. Yeah. That song is so good. That oh, is one it. of, that, that album just celebrated 35th yeah. anniversary, June yeah. 4th. And uh, I just, I love that album so much. I'll be honest, since we're talking about Born in the USA. Yeah. It is only, and I've been a fan forever, hmm. you know, since I was like an early teen. Yeah. Uh, it's taken me this long to get on board with Dancing in the Dark. Really? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. I, no. I now, like this year, I'm like listening to it constantly. I don't know what it was. How, Maybe how it's just old are you, sir? I'm uh, almost 28. Hey, 28. Okay. Yeah, so yeah. we just had uh, E.J. Dixon, who yes. was right from Rolling Stone. I heard this episode. Cool. And yeah. she wrote this article about millennials and uh, Bruce Springsteen in, in 2013. Mm-hmm. And it's so funny. Uh, I feel like Dance in the Dark is kind of universally loved, which yeah. that's kind of an anomaly. The one that people have a lot of uh, issues with is more Glory Days. Yes. People have uh, that one. But let's go back to you just talking about your thoughts about Dance in the Dark. What what made you feel weird about it? I think just because it was his most popular song. Okay. I was gotcha. like, well, you know, there are a lot of other good ones there. <laughs> you know what? It, I don't know. That's I I love that song. I'm I'm the bad person because I'll always be like, it's always great, guys. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but you know what's really good? If you want to, now, now you're on board, but there's something to search out. It's really hard to find. Mm. And I've only heard it, I think I've talked about it on the show, on the VH1 Storytellers about Bruce Springsteen. Oh, Remember yes. VH1 Storytellers? Oh, yes. We're going to, I have this in the notes for later in the show. As they a play a, a, a snippet of the demo mm. of Dancing in the Dark, and it's acoustic, and it's so goddamn oh, moving. It's just like, that. it really, it makes you be like, oh, that's the song. Yeah. You know, and then like, I mean, Landau, his manager was like, we want it to be a hit. So then they, they kind of hitified it. Yeah. But it's, yeah. it's something. He is a divisive figure also. Landau? John Landau, I think. Yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, like, I guess so. I mean, in a way of, if you are like, you wanted Bruce to be like that guy from the shore for the rest <laughs> of your life. I mean, there's like, 
we wouldn't have the 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 kind of the the person that we have now the the mega star without Landau. I mean, mm-hmm. like really like got him like jet stream. So oh, yeah. I, I don't knock him too much on that because no, it's no. like Born to Run's a great album and yeah. he had a huge hand in that. <laughs> so I mean, a huge hand in everything. Yeah, yeah. So. Well, let's talk about uh, the boss cast. Yeah, uh, we we're well, just we're talking... basically doing it right, right now. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> this is it. I mean, that's why I wanted to have you on, we so both, we could do know, a mini episode. Yeah, yeah. You could have just also said, "John, I want to be on your podcast." <laughs> that would work too. Well, I know. You know, I this is we fine. Could do Hopefully both. This broadens do my both. audience. Yeah. I already got the guy who just calls in and says nothing on my side, so it's <laughs> I mean, all working out. This is a new guy for me too. <laughs> so, so it's all we're we're gaining new. Fans. I hope he calls back every week. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, but you, we were saying right before you've been doing it almost fifty episodes. Episodes. We're almost fifty episodes in. Yeah, we we banked a ton. We started. Uh, I started recording with my producer Leif and Oxen, who runs the Brain Machine Network. We started in like 2013. We banked like a ton of episodes, and then it dropped. I think uh, we're actually in July. It will be a year with mm-hmm. it up, and we dropped it in July of last year, 2018. Yeah, and yeah, it's just been a lot of fun. It's it's kind of me reaching out. It's not even like. You know, people are like, oh, you want to get them on the show or you want to get, you know, it's really not about reaching into like the the community or, or Bruce himself. It's I really right. just want to talk to other fans. Yeah. And just get their points. And like, you know, we've been very lucky and we've been able to get a lot of great journalists who actually have written about Springsteen and uh, get to talk to them. And, and that's been um, really gratifying because those articles like we we're just talking about with uh, EJ Dixon mm-hmm. and then um, Sam Shuby who wrote for GQ. He had yeah. a couple that were passed around the internet. It's great to get like a more detailed take on what they feel about Springsteen and also like what made, what was the impetus to get them to write that piece and stuff like that. Totally. So yeah. that's been really cool. Yeah. 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 I mean the, the pedigree of guests uh, you've had on is uh, awesome. I appreciate that. Thanks. It's all been through like word of mouth of other guests, which has been uh, a sign cool. that, that everyone's enjoyed themselves, which is totally really great. Yeah. Um, and Andy like Green. I, I do it all the time on the show. I have to give credit to, to Rolling Stone. They gave us a listing in October of 2018. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, we were able to develop a, a relationship with a lot of people who work there. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's the way to go. They they love they him. love them there. Yeah. And it's great. It's so good. It's those are like some of the smartest people writing about music over there. And um, the fact that they all have Springsteen. I mean, not that you my fandom needs any gratification we're like oh i'm on the right track but, yeah, <laughs> yeah there's good music yeah 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 have you so. ever been to the offices uh no there? i haven't yeah. i haven't uh have you i one time very early on in my uh, gotcha. tenure in new york oh, but nice. you go in and it, there's just like a big picture of him like right by the the the, the like front desk yeah sarah area. grant yeah. sent me a photo of it who oh was, yeah uh, who was a staff writer there gotcha. and she sent me yeah. that and she was like this is what we basically yeah. walk into <laughs> yeah. so i was like cool it's almost <laughs> like a joke how much they love him now like they gave working on a dream five stars i'm pretty sure yeah they did out, like, yeah <laughs> brian hyatt i think who we had on the show did that yeah he kind of he talks about that he talks about it on twitter too it's really oh funny. really yeah 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 he kind of brings that up um yeah i mean i mean i i'm with them i mean like oh, yeah. I, I'm i mean such a soft spot but totally just totally. so you know any listener uh i'm not here to convert your fandom you could be listening to the show right now being like I don't like Bruce Springsteen and I'm perfectly comfortable with that yeah. and, and, and know that I respect that opinion. Yeah. Yeah. So I get it. Yeah. I get it. We've all been there. But I love it. Oh man. He's the best. <laughs> How many times have you seen him? Uh, this is one of my questions for you also. So I'm glad yeah. we're getting right into, right into it. I think six. Okay, cool. For me. Um, if you're not, it's more, if you count the, uh, the stand up for heroes. Yeah. Yeah. You can benefits. Uh, I think so. Then it's eight. Great, man. Uh, yeah. yeah. Oh, I count. I mean, like we, like I count, um, I've seen him in weird venues. I saw him 
uh, be interviewed for Elvis Costello's spectacle. Oh, at, you were there for that. Oh, at, that's so there. cool. Yeah, I was there. That's when they did that that awesome version of Seeds with the with his band. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. my god. Yeah, it was great. So that's that was incredible. I was there for that, and then I saw him at SNL when he did the Christmas show like two years ago. Yeah. So I count those. Those are yeah. for sure shows. Yeah. Okay. Good. They're just good. like different. You know, they're just kind of different things. Yeah. Well, you have uh, you saw one of the rehearsal shows for the Rising tour. Working on a dream. Working on a dream. I got okay, invited yeah. to a Rising. Uh, oh, show right, and my right. mom my mom dropped the ball <laughs> right. she dropped the ball you talking about this on the show is so funny just yeah. be, finding out about it like way later and just being like what are what you doing, doing? <laughs> exactly exactly I mean granted I should I, I, I'm comfortable talking about this my, my father died in the September 11th attacks my mother was going through like a terrible grieving at that time. Right. So when she got offered these tickets, she probably couldn't comprehend anymore of like what yeah. to do. But still, even I'm like, even like years later, I was like, what were you thinking? <laughs> I don't get it. I, I don't even have my own. I don't have sympathy for my mom through our own tragedy. <laughs> we should have gotten to those rehearsal shows. <laughs> anyway. Um, How, uh, but what's your what's your number of, uh, of my, shows? I'm now? at about 10. Okay. I'm yeah, about 10, yeah. I think. Yeah. So and yeah, like I said, there's those the Apollo that, you know, Springsteen on Broadway, which are just like kind of different shows. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Do you have one that stands out uh, in your memory? Yeah. I mean, the, the, the rehearsal show for Working on the Dream is pretty important because that was at the Asbury Park Convention Center. Yeah. And they set up like this huge stage, uh, the whole like stadium stage, mm-hmm. like in this tiny space. Oh, that's so. so cool. And I was like four rows up. On the side, it felt like we could reach out and touch everybody. Yeah. And then the other one that I would say is during the Wrecking Ball, Wrecking Ball tour at MSG, where I waited online all day. Yeah. And ended up getting on the floor for that. And I wasn't first pit, I was second pit. And he had these kind of like little platforms. Yeah. So yeah. I was able to be like right by the little platform. And, you know, he ran by, put a hand on him, that kind oh, of thing. Awesome. So th- yeah. those, those stand out. I mean, then like the SNL thing, uh, which I talk about in the show probably mm-hmm. way too many times. <laughs> Um, it was great too because I got to meet him that night and stuff right, like that. So right. like those are all those are the, the big ones, the magical yeah. ones. You know? Which uh, you told this story on the most on the EJ Dixon yeah. episode, which is the most recent one. Yes, uh, uh, which I think is so relatable that just like he's there. Yeah, you're at the you're in the room. You could talk to him. Yeah, but you just can't bring yourself to like make the move until it's like almost the last possible. Yeah, minute. Yeah, I, I owe that all to, and I said on the show, and I'll, I'll say more on this is like uh, to Shannon O'Neill. Yeah, yeah. Uh, or she's a, a performer at the at UCB, and she's the former artistic director. She's a a great person, and she really, she really like made that happen. Uh huh. Um, she was like, "You have to do this." <laughs> <laughs> she's like, "It's not ever going to happen again." Yeah, because I think that a lot of the times, especially like working in comedy, you get this thing of like, "Oh, well, like celebrities, you end up in the circle of them or whatever." Um. That like maybe that chance will come again, but I think Shannon was smart enough being like, this guy's like a superstar, yeah, dude. It yeah. doesn't. This is it. That does. This chance doesn't come up again, right. <laughs> you know. And she's like, what's the worst that's going to happen? You're you're not going to embarrass yourself. Just be polite. Yeah, he's not going to remember. You know. If, so uh, yeah, yeah, so, yeah. I I always uh, thank her for that. I yeah. really do. Yeah, that's that's incredible. I remember he was doing these when the book came out. He was doing uh, signings yes, yes. Uh, at places and. Uh, I, I could not go for, uh, uh, I mean, who knows what reason for, okay. the, for the Barnes Noble Union Square. Right, one. yeah. But I also, in a way, I, like, don't regret not going either because I know, I, like, there's no way I feel good after that. <laughs> yeah. it's, like, it's funny, you know, I we have a lot of guests who who, who made those signings, uh-huh. and they all walk away pretty happy. Oh, good. Okay. You know, which is good. They And and they have their two-line interaction, and they seem satisfied. Yeah. Which is which is all you want. I mean, that's all you want when you meet your heroes. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. You just want it to be 
satisfying. Just like you want them to say hello to you, maybe your name and say like, thanks. Yeah. And yeah. I think like he was able to pull that off. I haven't talked to anybody on the show who really walked away being like, Ugh, it was too quick. I felt rushed. Everyone's <laughs> been like, I was really nervous. He made me feel comfortable. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Man, well, maybe maybe I should have gone. No, no, I'm not calling that up to, <laughs> to rub it in. I'm not saying that, man. I mean, like, also, this cards were... I mean, I didn't go. The cards yeah. were so stacked against oh, us. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, literally, like, it was, like, bushels of people. Oh, my God. The one in New Jersey, in oh, Freehold. I can't imagine. I know exactly the Barnes & Nobles is, because I grew up by it. <laughs> like, there was a line out in the parking lot. He oh, showed yeah. up an hour early to do that. He showed up like hours early to get through everybody. He yeah. started outside shaking hands, went inside and then like had, and made sure everybody got a photo with him. Mm-hmm. I mean, so that's incredible. That one thing it's a testament to him and his love of his fans, which is amazing. But like on the other side of that, I would have been like, this line's long. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so this is mini impression. You just did. Exactly. <laughs> that's me. That's me. This that's dumb long. me. This line's long. <laughs> Uh, 718-928-9732 is our number. That's 718-928-9732. Here, this is Young Persons Radio. I'm Colby Smith. I'm talking to John Murray, host of the BossCast, the Bruce Springsteen podcast. Uh, number of things, not a lot of stuff I want to talk to you about today. Let's do it, man. One of the things you talk about on the show from time to time that I think is so good is how important driving is to listening to music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially, like, folks like him where it's, like, the, the... the open road the open is such an yeah, important like theme uh, uh, and like symbol for him. Yeah. Uh, do you, w- what, is that how you like, uh, 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 when you were like a young man, like, I, I feel like I have formative memories right. of like listening to certain albums, just like driving by myself in the car. Yeah. I'm trying to think. The one that sticks out to mind isn't the Springsteen one that sticks out to mind. Is that all right if we, we can go off track? No. Oh, okay. No, no. Sorry. <laughs> hey guys, uh, we're going to wrap up the show. Good night. Uh... <laughs> We're just going to leave the, uh, the the collar on and just have him make noise for the rest of the time. <laughs> um, no, uh, I always felt that way. When I would drive around, I would always listen to Lou Reed's Coney Island Baby in the middle of the night when I was in college and drive around by myself oh my to that God. song. That which, is haunting. It's haunting, right? It's <laughs> yeah. a very haunting song. Uh, it's funny because I went to Syracuse. Lou Reed went to Syracuse. It's kind of a weird parallel there, but I just found uh-huh. that song so moving. Um, I don't know. It's like, yeah, driving... Like that's, I mean, like where you just absorb music. I, I just is saying in the last show how even like location yeah. affects how you listen. Like um, the new song, the, the single Tucson Train, like mm-hmm. I was kind of like, do I like it? And then I heard it outside in a backyard, like just playing like, and I was like, oh, this is like a kind of a nice summer song. Yeah. So yeah. I think that, yeah, that, that does how you, where you are can affect your, your take on a song. Totally. It's so obvious, but. Well, how about you? What are some of the driving ones that you kind of? Feel there's like? one. I mean, I uh, there's one that I, that's related to Bruce that I I think yeah. of all the time, which is just like I was driving home from school with my younger brother yeah. uh, from uh, uh, from high school, and uh, uh, we we just had had the classic rock station yeah. on, and Badlands came. Oh on, yeah, yeah. And we just like cranked, cranked it, it up, and rolled yeah, the windows for sure. down. You know, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's awesome. Yeah, it's like stuff like that can just like change your. I mean, I liked Badlands fine before that, but now it's like this very like important that, yeah. song to me. You know, exactly. It's like, it's like, it's like your family. You I know? always feel like, yeah, like the wild, the innocent. It's so funny. I was just in Coney Island all day yesterday with my family. Mm-hmm. And it made me think of like the Jersey Shore out in Point Pleasant and stuff like that. And I feel like in high school, like I would go out that way and then listen to the wild, the innocent a lot because like that really ties to that kind of beach culture. Mm-hmm. So that kind of like romanticized that a little bit in my mind as well. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's that's another thing that's so interesting to me about him is that like this image of him as just like a beach bum yeah. as a young man. Yeah. It's like so at odds with the like factory whistle blows. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> those first two albums is is it like a differently different character? Yeah, yeah. It's great though. It's so good. It's it's now that we're going into the summer. It's like I really, really lock on to that that side of him because it's it's you know where did you grow up? Uh, Western Maryland. Western Maryland. You yeah. got some. So you didn't, you're not really by the water, right? Or you got some Not water? really. Not no, really, it's right? all like mountains. Like mountains, old, okay. Uh, there's the big coal mining uh, okay, and like cool. paper mill heritage, <laughs> you know? So it's, you see the connection, you know? Yeah, I hear, yeah. I hear your songs are sad. <laughs> uh, so anyway, uh, with, with like growing up in New Jersey by the shore where he, where he's is, where he's from, I'm sorry, where he's from, like he did a great job at distilling the best of what's out there. Mm-hmm. Like when I, I when I think of New Jersey, I think of like of like Sandy. I think of like uh-huh. all that kind of stuff. When I'm in New Jersey, that's not what's happening, right. you know. <laughs> and I I like New Jersey. I love it. Yeah. Uh, but it's just like, but when I leave it, I'll then like go back and think, and my memories will be tinted. Like, oh yeah, like oh, I, that memory isn't of my kid screaming. Yes. It's more of me being like, oh, we had a great time in that arcade. <laughs> that that guy was screaming screaming next to us. I don't picture him. I just picture us. Banging those dusty pleasure machines, you yeah, know what I'm saying? Right, right. Uh, and, and so it's, I don't know, he just does a really good thing of like, especially being from there of like, um, I don't know, making it feel like you, you walked out of a novel a little bit. More. Oh, totally. I mean, and and like, you know, I heard all those songs before right. I'd ever been to New Jersey at all. Yeah. And it's just, he makes it sound like this like mythic yeah. place. It's just like, like Sandy, especially that yeah. song is just like, yeah. you got Madame Marie. Exactly. <laughs> Cops, but like, you exactly. know, that tilt a world down on the boardwalk. Yeah. It's like, oh my God, this sounds incredible. <laughs> I, I wish I was from there. And then you go and it's like, oh, cool. You're just like, oh, it's just a beach town. <laughs> yeah, it's exactly. just a beach it's town. It's a normal thing. Oh, there's just a souvenir shop uh, yeah. and a boardwalk. Yeah. You know. But I'm sure it's like any anybody who writes about a place uh, yeah. too. I mean, you know, even like New York City to some degree, it's like you, you see all the movies, you like hear the songs and you get there. It's like, well, you still got to go to the laundromat exactly. every week. You right. know? Like, <laughs> to take the subway to like, <laughs> to go get my license. Uh, no, it is. It's true. I mean, and that's, that goes on the thing of how he's a great writer, I think, mm-hmm. uh, just above as a songwriter where it is almost um, novel-esque, if you will. Totally. If that's a word. Uh, that kind of brings you in with those songs, especially the Wild, the Innocent, which I think is just aging into being a, a, a greater album mm-hmm. as time goes on. Yeah, I think there are a lot of a lot of like indie rock musicians like yeah. cite that one as like their favorite. Yeah, because but, it's yeah. we we were talking about this so funny. Like last uh, last week's episode is very pertinent in, in what we're talking about today. But mm. you know, it's it's before everything smoothed out. You know, speaking of like Lando, it's before like it was just like we're going to like, we're going to skyrocket to stardom. It's that, that beginning that, that it's the one before that. Mm-hmm. And I think that's always great. Cause you can still see as EJ Dixon, I think said, you can always still see the seams a little bit. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, that, that album is great. And also it just really does capture a, a, like a great snapshot, a, a snapshot of what the shore is like in a way. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I speaking of like his writing, did you read the, the 33 and a third book about, uh, Born Born USA? USA? Yes, one of the greatest, like it's good pieces of, I mean, any music writing I've, yeah. I've cause this is uh, Jeffrey Himes. We'll yes, give it's him a, really good. Uh, shout it's out. great. I'm obsessed with this thing uh, he talks about in the book where it's just, just like, is like Bruce writing the biggest songs like under time constraints. Yeah. Like you talk, you see it in greetings yeah. where it's like, 
they they say oh, we don't have a hit. He goes away and writes "Blinded by the Light" and comes back. I mean, it's not a hit for him. It's for uh, you know Manfred Mann. Yeah. Uh, but it's still like that's that's the one that was the first hit. Right. And then with "Born in the USA," they got all these. He's got like eighty songs, and uh, they're just like, well, there's no hit here. And he goes away and writes "No Surrender" and "Dancing in the Dark." And it's like, how that is the thing I'm most obsessed by. Yeah. It's just like. Oh, you! You're, he's given like homework almost, yeah. and just delivers in an just insane like A plus way. Yeah. Did you read <clears throat> his book? Have you read the the autobiography? <clears throat> okay. Yeah. I feel like that he is, and this is something I feel like I lack. Uh, mm-hmm. I'll say I'll put it out in the world, guys. Isn't the secret? You gotta say whatever. Anyway, uh, you're you're welcome. <laughs> but I feel like this is what's great. He talks about if you remember that part when he's like auditioning for Columbia Records. Yeah. Yeah. And it happens so quickly. Like Mike Appel gets the thing and he's like, he writes about where he's up in the elevator and he's like, was I nervous? Mm-hmm. And he was like, he's like, sure. But he's like, I saved it all for later. Oh, and yeah. he has an amazing, I think he has this amazing ability to like carpent, carpent, oh, how do I say it? What am I trying to say? Compartmentalize. Compartmentalize. Yeah. Yes. This is guys. why I don't do live radio. Okay. <laughs> I can't speak. It's a big secret. Um, but yeah, he has a great, he's a great ability at that. Mm-hmm. Where and I think that those are examples of him being like, "All right, I got to do this. I got to bang it out, and yeah. there it is." This does it, yeah. It just and they're does not it. like easy. No, I mean like chord structure wise, "Dance in the Dark" is not, it's not not complicated, right? It's like, but it's also not just like one four five, it's right? Like, it's like there are some fun minors in there, yeah, exactly. You know, it's like, right? This is going nuts on this thing. But once I again, I think it, I wonder if that's like you know that's him writing that and then taking that to the band and then yeah. you know, but like. I think he sees it, you know, he just yeah. sees it. And when he sees it, it happens. Yeah. Also by that point, I don't know if you've ever, uh, kind of delved into the bootlegs and I don't encourage. People, oh, I, I definitely have. But like, uh, there's so many songs from that point where he's just, he's like in this amazing stride as a songwriter. Yeah. Yeah. Like, That's another thing they talk about in the book is just like the, 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 this is his most prolific period. Yeah. Like early eighties. Like I, I can't, once again, it's just, uh, being at, at the top of your form, I can't imagine. Like I could see why Stephen, like it drove him crazy, uh, little Stephen, everyone. For mm-hmm. uh, but like I could see how it drove him crazy because he, there's times he wasn't even trying. He just would be dropping, yeah. just like amazing songs, and then be like, I don't want that. Yeah, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. Do you think he knew at the time that he was like? Do you think he was like, I'm feeling good? Like once again, I'm yeah. gonna surmise no. Yeah. Because I don't think you can know. I don't think you can know. That's the thing. Because I'm gonna use another example. Uh, if you watch the documentary on the Born to Run reissue, mm-hmm. that's a deep cut for anybody out there. All right. But anyway, because in that reissue, in that box that they released the uh, Hammersmith Odeon show on yes. DVD where they do this great like 24K restoration, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. They talked to him about that. And he, when he did that show, didn't think that show was great. Mm-hmm. Didn't watch it for like 20 years. Yeah. And then he even admits, he's like, I got kind of curious. He's like, I, I got to 20 years and I kind of wanted to look back at my career a little bit. I got mm-hmm. curious about where I've come from and what I've done. And he's like, and I watched that. And uh, I suddenly was like, oh, this is pretty good. This is really good. We can release that. So I think it goes back. I think probably in 83, 82, he didn't know how much he was crushing it. Yeah. I think now he can look back and be like, whew, he's crushing it. Yeah. But at the moment, he probably was just like, just got to keep working at it. Yeah, for sure. You know? Yeah. He, they talk also in that book about in that same period how he just produced those couple albums for Gary U.S. Bonds, yeah. him and Little Steven together. Yeah. And uh, the way that Himes describes it is just like the freedom of having someone else, so like someone else's name on it. It's yeah. almost like he took his own work too seriously and having this other project 
like freed him up yeah. and just let him be a little more loose yeah. uh, studio-wise. And I think that dynamic is so interesting, too, because it just hints at how much he thinks about his own right. work. Well, look at know? that. I mean, like, that's around what those... Uh, I was looking up... Uh, it's Dedication and On the Line are those two albums. I was looking that up uh, for this week's episode that's coming out on Monday. And um, that's, like, around the same time. But think about when he goes back to his own album after that's Tunnel of Love, which is, once again, a very serious album. Yeah. Where, you know, you could tell he... It is. He, there was a release in that that kind of doing it for someone else. But when he got back to work for himself, it was like, yeah, back to work. Yeah. 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 No so, jokes. Yeah. No, no jokes. jokes no jokes ones. on that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, great album, but no jokes. Yeah. I mean, I feel that way with, uh, with like writing stand up also. Oh, it's yeah. just like, I'll just like beat the crap out of my own jokes. Just like, this isn't good. Yeah. Like just, what are you doing? But if someone, if I like, I have to write stuff for somebody else, it's yeah. just like, Oh yeah, no problem. Yeah, it's exactly, easy. It's yeah. like this, this and that, exactly. you know, I, I wish I could get some of that energy exactly. in the main part. Basically, yeah. that's a plug to hire Colby to write for your show. <laughs> Beats himself up <laughs> a on his backdoor. It's like right now, though. You got a pilot. You got a sitcom. You got. A, you need a writer's room. This guy. He just. He just puts out bread and butter jokes. Oh he just bangs God. it out. Now, he loves writing now for I'm other humiliated. people. WGA. <laughs> yeah. Pick this guy up. Yeah. Don't worry. Don't have an agent. Don't need to fire anybody. You don't need it. You just put it out here. We just did the secret. You're getting the job. That's right. <laughs> All right. You put the secret. You're getting the job. Oh God. This is a disaster. <laughs> that's fine right now a caller comes in and be like hello how are you yeah wgg you're hired you're hired yeah 718-928-9732 is that number industry listening uh one one uh uh final final question i had uh, prepared for you about the about the show that's fine you can ask me 800 more I enjoy talking about it i love subject matter that you ask guests uh the things about bruce that they want to like apply to their own yeah. lives yeah and i'm going to pretend you asked me that sure okay yeah cool and once share. again you could have come on a show <laughs> no 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 well i also have to do a show too oh you got so <laughs> if i hadn't asked you to do this, this around. who could be here exactly exactly <laughs> some nobody <laughs> uh this is a clip i think about all the time and this is from storytellers we okay. were talking about earlier um, he's talking about Thunder Road, uh, and it's he. Well, actually, you know it. what the cl- thing I was talking about? It's not from Storytellers. I take it back. It's from VH1 Legends. Oh, gotcha. Okay, so I have not seen this. Yeah, I haven't seen. You gotta see yeah. it. VH1 Legends. Sir. VH1 Legends is that yes. on? Uh, is that it's online somewhere? Right? I, pro- I hope so. <laughs> I hope so. Storytellers. It was like Storytellers and Legends was great. Yeah. And then there was behind the music, but he didn't have to do that. He didn't oh, have yeah. the tragic fall. Well, real quick before we get into this. Yeah, I'm sorry. How do you feel about MTV Plugged? Since we're talking, oh, that's interesting. Uh, we're talking about all these kind of similar. So Connor things, Ratliff, yeah. we know you know Connor Ratliff, yeah, right? Yeah. Uh, used to be a former great guy, former guest. He uh, he actually is like pretty pro because he came yeah. in at the nineties. Uh-huh. He's like he's pretty cool. I think that uh, MTV plugged is a missed opportunity. I think we yeah. have one of the you have one of the greatest solo acoustic <laughs> artists ever. Yeah, uh, with a certain album called Nebraska, uh, kind of Bach and yeah. uh, or Bunt at it um but i think that once again it was a matter of timing i mean he just got this new band he's about to embark on a new tour yeah i think the amount of and what we're talking about with the perfectionism and wanting to focus i think for him to have been like no I'm gonna, he'd ha- he'd want to set that up as a show mm-hmm. did you read um the complete oral history of nirvana unplugged did you read that no, online no great article mm-hmm. great article um i actually had the pleasure 
of working with, uh, I'm name dropping right now, but it, do I, it. I don't rarely I get love to it. do it, with <laughs> Beth McCarthy Miller. She used to direct oh, a ton wow. of 30 Rock. Oh, sure. Shows, no, okay? I know she is. Yeah. So she directed that. Mm. And then one day I, I put I, like some, like some, some rube, it took me forever to figure that out. <laughs> took me forever to figure it out. And I was like, holy crap. So one day I just went up to her and I was like, Beth, I, I'm sorry to bother you, but like you directed Unplug and she also directed Nirvana's uh, live New Year's show. If you remember that when you, In Utero came out mm-hmm. where like uh, Kurt was trying to get everyone to, to, to rush the stage. And I was just like, oh my God, what, what was that like? Mm. And she was just like, it was, it was great. She's like, you know, Kurt was just like one of the most charming people in the world, you know, it's, and, and the rest of the band the same and stuff like that. And, um, and I was just like, and then you get to read that article, which she's interviewed in and gives the perspective on that, but they worked on that. They honed that show to make it one of the most memorable unplugged. Yeah. Um, and I think that, I think Springsteen was smart enough and I, I, I don't, I think his was before that, but I think he was smart enough. If he was like, if I was going to do that, do the show, I would do it like that. Mm-hmm. I don't have the time to, so I'm just going to use the band and go. Yeah. But I, I would, I would dream that one day because I still do unplugged sporadically. Mm-hmm. Um, actually I know the guy who was the producer of the second iteration of it. And I, I almost would be like love for him to have another shot where he gets totally. the time to do it. Oh, but I mean, yeah. I guess it's kind of in a way what, Springsteen on Broadway was yeah. in a sense and, yeah. and that kind of thing. Yeah, I think we're fortunate now uh, because we have the the Christic Institute oh. shows are, are professionally mixed and so released good. for us. So Which good. was like right before all of that. Uh, yeah. And he played Real World at those. That's and it's great. better than That's great. any subsequent version of Real yeah. World. Yeah, Brian Hyatt, who wrote uh, Bruce Springsteen's The Stories Behind the Songs. I can't suggest getting this book enough. It's an, It came out a couple of months ago and it's a complete like – like it just tells the story behind the recording of every song. Yeah. And um, that's his favorite, favorite like recordings. He mm-hmm. loves those. The Chris yeah. Doggins in- Institute. Those are really great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. You can get those on the nugs.net. Uh, not to be, I don't work for Bruce Springsteen guys, but <laughs> I, I am a fan. Those are where you can get his live recordings. They're, they're just so, it's so worth it. They're so good. Yeah. They're so good. Okay. Have, Smart yeah. move. Bring that up, Colby. They're yeah. so great. Well, I, that to me, I think is what I wished mtv plugged was yeah. at the time but yeah. now we've got both so you know but you get like redheaded woman off of that which yeah. is so solid it's such a strong opening song and it's a lot of fun yeah and then there's a couple of like good moments on there <laughs> I, I actually it's like i don't own it on vinyl and i think it's out there i think i have to eventually do it but like i don't know i just I, people appreciate it i always think of connor ratliff when i think of that album. <laughs> he's down with it and that makes me happy and stuff like that yeah so. Yeah, it's you know? just it's it's kind of like an oddball uh, yeah. release, but it's like I, but I the dip 90s, into it every the so 90s often. are like an oddball release for him. You know, Human Touch, uh, Lucky Town, two oh, albums yeah. at the same time, and that it's all just kind of this kind of like someone yeah. uh, him finding his feet. This is another. I mean, to go back to what we were talking about before, yeah. the Human Touch, Lucky Town thing. I think it's so, so just to, for people who don't know, if people are still listening to us, yeah, talking right this now detail. they're like, this is too deep, <laughs> but too deep. It, 1992, right? Yeah. He releases two albums at the same day. Yeah. And uh, Human Touch is the one that he like slaved over for years. Yeah. And Lucky Town is like all stuff that just came together very quickly. Yeah. And it's better yeah. by a long shot. Yeah, it is. And uh, it just goes to show the. Well, it goes uh, back to what you're saying, and I, I mean, I don't, want, I don't speak for the guy. I don't, I don't, you know, I'm just a fan. But right. it's that, is it that thing that what you were kind of saying of like, you get you, you beat up yourself on your jokes. Mm-hmm. Even when you were saying that, I wanted to say is like, I think that sometimes as an artist, you have a hard time of of when do you stop beating yourself up on your jokes and just mm-hmm. be like, this is it. Yeah. And I think that some of the thing in the '90s that he struggled with, from what we've read and what we've talked about, is that I, he was 
trying to figure that out. He was mm-hmm. having a hard time seeing that anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, you know. Yeah. I mean, this kind of hits on the my, uh, I guess, a theme that's kind of emerging uh, as we're talking about it, right. which is just like, even if you don't like the guy, yeah. which I get, yeah, God bless you. Yeah. Uh, I think his life is interesting to study in terms of like uh, how to conduct a creative yeah. uh, body of work. Yeah. Because uh, he's been through every peak and valley yeah. of, uh, of success and failure right. with it. Uh, and I think that's nice. Yeah, and he's done it in front of like a large audience. He's done it in front of you know people throughout his career, and, mm-hmm. and isn't ashamed of it, which is nice as yeah. well, you know. And that leads me all the way back to the clip I wanted to play oh, from nice. Storytellers, Do it. which is him talking about this is like uh, the feeling he wants to evoke with mm. his uh, uh, work. So it starts with a little, a little Thunder Road. Okay, if I can get it. Yeah, there we go. Something, something is opening up to you. Something is opening up. And what I hoped it would be when I wrote the song was what I got out of, out of rock and roll music, which was a sense of a larger life, a greater experience, hopefully more and better sex, a uh, sense of fun, more fun, a um, sense of your personal exploration and your possibilities. It was, and it, the idea that it was all lying somewhere inside of you and it was, you know, just there on the edge of town so that oh it's incredible very good it's beautiful it's good hypnotic if you will (laughs) yes yeah the stories all right we could do a whole nother hour on just the stories oh yeah exactly man (laughs) Uh, where like yeah the monologist that he is yeah just naturally oh it's great yeah uh, 718-928-9732 is our number. That's 718-928-9732. This is Young Persons Radio on Radio Free Brooklyn. Uh, we're in the back chunk of the show now, if you want to oh, uh, call in. I'm here with John Murray. We're talking Bruce Springsteen. We're talking Springsteen. We could talk about other things, too. Well, I was just going to say, I would be remiss if uh, uh, I didn't ask you about uh, some other stuff while you're sure. here. Let's uh, do it. Because I was mentioning to you before we went on how often I saw uh, Death by Ruru as, yes. a, as, a, as yes. a young man. Yes. Um. What was that like, John? Being on Death by Ruth? <laughs> yeah. uh, it was great. It was great. Do Death- people just ask you this all the time? I, uh, I don't think it's the first time I had that question, but it's <laughs> it's great. I mean, like, you know, um, yeah, that's like, it's, if you don't know, Death by Ruth is an improv team that had a long, um, yeah, I don't know, stay, oh, stay, what's like a long, what's the word I'm looking for? Stint? Stint, whatever, yeah, yeah at, at the, you know, uh, Upright Citizens Brigade Theater. Um, yeah, I mean, it was great. I... I had, I I was close with, you know, I got on that team and I, I had, I was very close with Anthony and Tamanik and, mm-hmm. and Neil, uh, and, uh, you know, and then I, I got to know, and, and even Gavin and I got to know, uh, John Gimberling better through, through that. And then and became friends. It was great. It was just, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, those guys are right now the funniest guys working in comedy today and just to share the stage with them and stuff like that and being part of that the history of that team is amazing. I, mm-hmm. there's a point of me with it that I didn't realize kind of what was happening. You know, I yeah. just kind of was, you know, I, I, I got on, I was on a Herald team and I got on and I just kind of like, I, I knew they were great and I'd seen them perform and I was just kind of like, there's almost the aspect of it to me where I pinched myself being like, Oh, I got to be part of that. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, it was, it was, it was great. I mean, I have nothing but fond memories of shows and um, and time together with those, and you know, I still I keep in touch with the, with them, and uh, when I see them, it's it's great. It's this it's this bond that we have and stuff like that. So yeah, 
Yeah, there are everybody else, mostly everybody else in the team is, I think everybody's in California. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, no. Is Tamanik? Uh, oh, no, he's in New York. He's in okay, New York. Yeah. yeah, he's in New York. But yeah, he's he's busy doing, being Trump and stuff like that. Right, so, yeah. 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 So. Yeah. But yeah, it's great. I mean, like, I don't know what else to, to say. Like, there's nothing, I, I couldn't be, uh, there's like, I couldn't even imagine being negative about that experience because it was so great right. to be part of that. It, there was, I think at times, if anything, just, being a fan myself, a, a, a deer in headlights moments. <laughs> I, I like where in the beginning, I, I kind of seen, if I ever see like a video of when I first joined the team, if there's some kind of, I'll see myself and I'll be like, Oh, you're, you're petrified right there. You're just like, <laughs> you're trying to catch up with these guys. Cause you're like, you can't believe you're there. Yeah. Uh, and, but by the end it was like, you know, it yeah. was like a fit in and as part of the machine. Totally. So, yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, you, you, you joined the team 2010, something like that. Okay. Yeah. Yes. I think so. Yeah. That, or maybe was it 2000? Yeah. I think it was 2010. Yeah. yeah. 2010. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So a good, like three, four years of the, of, uh, yeah. Curtis had gone to LA. I think, uh, Pally had just gone to LA and I think that Gil was about to move. I, mm-hmm. I played with Gil for about like half a year. Gotcha. And so, gotcha. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. It was, so there is like that kind of thing of like, what well, it was big shoes to fill. <laughs> right. So yeah. but then it, it, it went good and it's carried over into goat and stuff like that. Yeah. So, but yeah. it's just that it does feel like one of those things that, uh, that I like got to see. Yeah. Uh, um, talking about like, you know, music stuff that yeah. stands out. Cause it's like, you know, there's, there are a couple sets on YouTube, you know, yeah. that people can see, but yeah. there's really no, and I mean, I don't know if there necessarily should be, uh, uh any like record of it. Uh, right. You can just like go back and revisit. Well, that's the uh, thing about improv. Like it's, it's, uh, I always kind of describe it as an art form. That's like a, like a box of tissues. Uh, uh-huh. cause like, you know, in a, in a good way, in a bad way, like, you know, um, well the blowing the nose part doesn't really apply, but just <laughs> the box of tissues, bear with me. And the fact that like, you can have the worst scene you ever had, right. And you pull out a tissue and it's like so bad. And then you pull out another tissue and it's great. And, right. But then you pull out the next one and it's bad again. You know, it's always kind of, it's a very disposable art form yeah. and that's the beauty of it. And uh, like you said, it's it is kind of the thing where it's like it's cool that it's documented, but it it being there and experiencing that and that feeling is it's kind of like you said, like a live music thing of like, yeah, it won't really come around again. That right. Way. Yeah. So. And it, it also has that same. I mean, not to make a too obvious uh, uh, comparison, but it's like you got a Bruce show this different every time. True. I, I think it inspires that same kind of thing of just like, well, I got to see gotta get a million. Of these. Yeah. 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 Especially like when. You know, I, I, I ended up on one of the runs, but I, I, when they had the, when Rue had the huge cage match run, this is before yes. I, yeah. I joined, those were really the shows. And I think that everyone would agree. And it's fine. And I'm fine that I wasn't part of it. Those are the ones where you really like what was going to happen next. <laughs> right. And that's really where it was like, wow. Um, and like, but to testament to, to the team is like that they just didn't plateau after that. They still kept doing great stuff. They, mm-hmm. they kept on uh, creating and, and, and wowing. People. Yeah. Yeah. It so. does. It makes me sometimes genuinely sad that that's, that's wrapped up. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, it lives on also, yeah. you know, but uh, it wrapped up nicely. I always think yeah. it's so nice. That it ended with Curtis and Neil doing a scene together at the end. Um, that final show was like a really fun night. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember like, I think I had like uh, Joanna on my back for most of that show or something <laughs> like that, carrying her around. It's like a very like weird fitting ending for all of us. We all had like our kind of thing to it. Yeah. Um. So it was good. I, I Anthony wasn't there because I think he got a job. So he had mm. wrapped up the week before. And I remember that being really good too. I think his final interview might've been with uh, a guy by the name of Alex Aiden. And he had this great family history. It was just like, you know, everything wrapped up really nicely yeah. that oh, uh, it felt gratified. He, anytime he would do the interviews with, the audience yeah it was insane it was great i mean there's nobody better at like 
I feel like that thing with like crowd work is like yeah. it takes a very special yeah. personality for them to like be mean to a, the crowd yes. and then you just like love it. Yeah. You know, like him just like dumping on somebody yeah. who he's like interviewing for the show. There's just something so specific about the way he I don't know a better way to well, describe it. Well, it's a testament it. to him as a performer because yeah. you get to actually watch him then do that uh, on the president's show. Uh, when he's interviewing people as Trump, yeah, and when I when I, I was there for the taping, and when I watched it since, like I watching Anthony do that, I'm just like, oh, this is just him doing the Ruru interview in a costume. <laughs> um, and it's but it's good. It is really his strength. He's yeah. always good to get uh you know pull things out of people um and get them to open up in like a sense of like a Howard Stern sense or something right. like that. Where Stern's so great at that now, yeah, where people go on the show and they just open up to him farther than they'd open up for anyone else mm-hmm. yeah so one final thing before we got to wrap up no here. problem and i'm I, callers i'm sorry that if i intimidated you by giving the one guy a hard time <laughs> no it wasn't you it was that guy it was that guy <laughs> that everybody guy was like he ruined it all right <laughs> so well hopefully you're emailing hopefully you're gonna yeah, get please. a lot of emails yeah it's ypr at radiofreebrooklyn.org uh, <laughs> you'll feel more comfortable if reveal yourself exactly <laughs> exactly but you uh, and I'm sure this is a thing. Another uh, another thing. A lot of people ask you about. Wow. You were a, 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 a silent writer mm-hmm. on Thirty Rock. Yeah. Uh, give me one one salient memory from working on that. Salient memory in the me. last like thirty seconds before oh, we have to go. My God. <laughs> uh, Tina Fey uh, saying "good job" to me is probably something that I hold on to. Yeah, I mean that's incredible. for uh, uh, through that whole experience. Yeah. Um, there I, you go. I did a we did a read. I got a line and I, I came down and, uh, she is, uh, so smart and, uh, and, and so, uh, and, and also, and so driven, mm-hmm. uh, for her to take the time and just well, came up to me. I was like, good job. And I was like, that's, it's a, that's huge coming from her. And that, yeah. that meant a ton. I mean, that's very cool. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, well, great. Well, yeah. we unfortunately got to get out of here. All right. This flew by. John. This is great. Thank you so much for coming. No problem, yeah, man. Thanks really for the blast. It. Absolutely. Uh, we we got to go out to something. Yeah, sure, man. What should it be? Uh, what's the next show I'm going to? I mean, it might be already get tickets. I'm going to see uh, Elvis Costello and Blondie at first. Oh, oh fun. Okay. Yeah, so I don't well, know. let's do Blondie then. All right. You know, get yourself a ticket, Kobe. I'll, I'll meet you there for a drink beforehand. Yeah, let's do it. I mean... I love Blondie. It's it's worth it. Let's do um. You know that one. Uh, oh, you mean actual song? I thought you wanted to go out and meet me somewhere. Oh. <laughs> no, I mean we got to play a song to wrap up. You want to meet me in July in Forest Hills, man? Actually, yeah, I'm thinking busy. Actually. All right, all right. <laughs> cold guys. No, cold. just kidding. Oh no, we got it. You know that one, Island of Lost Souls. Sure. She does. Let's, Let's do, do it, man. One. Let's do that one. So, or should we? I mean, like, I, we talked about Bruce Springsteen. We're gonna end it on a Blondie song. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we'll just throw everybody off. Yeah. Let's do it, man. <laughs> Why not? Okay. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Thanks again, John, for coming. And uh, we will see everybody next week. Here's Blondie. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>